0: I'm going to talk about the word discipleship because without discipleship there will be no devotion and there won't be any diversity. And then I'm going to share some things with you That's some um our heart as a church at Grace Point Church to make um discipleship a a uh, it's one of our core values but make it a reality here in in Abilene, Texas. So, um let's go to my favorite scripture. And if you've been coming here for a while or you have been coming here for a while, um, you would know our thesis statement for Grace Point Church is Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and twenty. Okay, and if you know about World Conference, it starts off with one word: go. Didn't say soak, didn't say stop, didn't say give me another class. It said go. Therefore, and what? There you go. Now, when we read that, some of us we're still having Bible studies about what that means, and. What Jesus is saying, go and multiply, be a disciple and make disciples. And what I want to do is spend a few moments um, going through the Bible, some patterns of Jesus and principles that I use about what true biblical discipleship is. Because when I ask people what discipleship is, and I get, I get 16 different answers. And they come up with this philosophical answer and no one understands it. And I like Jesus. He had simplicity in his words. You know, we, we're learning as preachers now, just preach the gospel with simplicity and stop getting all the, the big, who cares about this and that? Just preach the gospel. You know, know just, like Paul said, just know that Jesus was crucified for us. Stop getting so complicated. It makes you complicated. I've read enough notes that and people say, can you get deep? Here's deep. Go make a disciple. There you go. Then come back to me and see what happens. That's deep. Not tell you more information about what disciples look like. Make sense? So, looking at Jesus in the Gospels, we can see a clear discipleship strategy and pattern. One thing about it, if you reading the Gospels and you read in the Bible, the call of discipleship is a threefold call. Okay? A threefold call. And here it is. Here's the first one. Discipleship, if you're taking notes, is a call to follow who? not me, Jesus, okay? Not the church, Jesus. And everything flows out of Jesus because once you follow Jesus, everything that happens in your life flows out of Jesus. So when Jesus says plant, you plant. Then whatever I say, oh, okay, that confirms it. Versus if you, if I, if you want to plant because of me, that's not going to work out because I become your Messiah and I'm going to mess it up. Come on, somebody. And discipleship has got so messed up about um, whatever he says goes, no, because I will make a mistake. And you know I make mistakes. You'll listen to my podcast. I go home and say, I can't remember. I can't believe I said that scripture. Hope I didn't send someone off the the cliff. Matthew 419. Let's look at the simplicity of Jesus. And he said to them, this is deep. Y'all ready? Follow me and I will make you fishers of what? Men. Follow me and I will what? Isn't it great that it's progressive? That you're not where you were last week, but God's making you into something fantastic. And isn't, isn't glad he didn't say, hey, follow me, you're the expert of disciple making? Because you can't be, you're dealing with people. Right? Now, if I, I was great moving stuff. Because you did it like this and you got this result. Now, with people, you do like that and you have this one over here, that one over here, and that one over there. And then God gives you wisdom on how to move everyone in one spot. But He said, Follow me. And that's what it is. Jesus said, Follow me. And that's what, what we get the word Christ followers. We're Christ followers. All right. Second one should be this one. I love this one. We miss this a lot in America. Mark chapter 3, verse. Um, 13 and 14. And he went up on the mountain and he called to him those who he desired and they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also called the apostles so that he might be with him and he might send them out to preach. Now what was Jesus' plan? Someone just help me out here. What's the first thing you read in there? Hmm? Called them, okay? Did they do what? Point them, handpicked them, sent them out to preach. Man, Jesus was fantastic. He took them three years to do that. You know what we forgot because we're Western and the Eastern culture is whenever you ask about your relationship or how life is going, they always answer you in two questions, in one answer. They answer you on the relationship with God and the relationship with people. We miss there when he says that they might be what true discipleship is being with one another. And then you're going to learn. We're going to teach you how to. We can't jump over the one to do the other. We be, we create robots. We don't create disciples. He had the power to say, "Okay, you twelve stand in line, zappo. You guys are experts. I'm leaving. But he had to walk with them because Peter had issues. You know Peter had issues, right? And then you take Peter and you put Matthew with him. The guy was ripping everyone off because he's a tax collector. How do you deal with that dude? Everyone hated him because he was taking money. And there's one guy in there. I can't, he's a zealot. I think he's the brother. Got one brother in the group all the time. You, you don't believe me. You're going to have to have a brother and the disciples, okay? If y'all don't think, don't think they look, okay, anyway. (laughs) But he took them because they were walking this way for so long. And he sat down and spent time with them to teach them. In America, we spend a lot of time giving you information, and we teach you to the level of information, but we never teach you to the level of application. You know when true application comes, it's when we sit down and we're going over this thing together. And then we start working and walking this thing out together. Make sense? So don't miss that part, to be with him. That's why he spent three years with them. And guess what? When he left, they still didn't get it, did they? So don't get disappointed. If the king of all kings and God came down as a man and these 12 didn't get it, don't get upset if you don't get it within six months. That gives us grace, doesn't it? We got to have grace. You got to remember, we had a past, but everyone we meet has a future. Okay? So that's one of the things there. And what it is, it comes out, this is the bullet I wrote. Discipleship is first and foremost an intimate Whole life is submission to the Lord Jesus. And discipleship is a highly, it's a high relational lifestyle. It's a high relational lifestyle that we have to get together and hang out together, eat together. As long as you don't serve me, no green bean casserole I'm your friend amen I'm your friend and don't be bragging on your gas grilled burgers that's a sin now you got me some charcoal cuz it's in the bible in John here's your charcoal that's it it's in the bible when he came up they came out the water they caught nothing he had charcoal he had fish on a charcoal fire it didn't say nothing about gas now nah, I'm messed up because my wife wants to buy me one for my birthday. Anyway, that's okay. That's for me. I, I, I come out, you know, if you guys can't cook on, on um, charcoal. There will be a discipleship cla- uh, <laughs> time to learn how to do that. See, y'all got to learn how to cook. All right, second one is, I love this one. It's called the spiritual family. John, I mean, Matthew chapter 12, 47 to 50. So the first one is call ofology. Jesus. The second one is to, hey, hang out with a family. Because, again, Jesus took 12 guys, and they had to hang out together and learn one another. And they got in trouble all the time. You know, a couple of them went and got their mom and went up there. hey, go, go ask Jesus, can we be the greatest? You going to bring your mother into this? Come on, guys. Like they say on Monday night, um, countdown. I love that. The footballer always says, Come on, man. Come on, man. Bring your mother to ask Jesus. You know how it is. Mom, he'll listen to you because you're, you're a woman. She so had to be there. You got to make the Bible alive in your lives. Anyway, but he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? It's this is key. And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, Here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. This is huge because I'm going to take you to a scripture that where Jesus defied customs, defied a lot of traditions when he made this move in in John chapter um, 19, verses 26 and 27. This is Jesus about to die on the cross. His mother's there. Disciples, whoever were left, were there. John was there. The rest of them, you know, they kind of took off. after They said, I'll be with you forever. And wait. When Jesus saw his mother and his disciples, whom he loved, standing by, that's John, standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. And that culture... When one son was going to die, the mother's responsibility for the mother came to the next biological son. Jesus broke all tradition when he talk, let me tell you how strong when we talk about spiritual families, it's more than a lingo. This is the way Jesus built. Those who are uh, born again. in my family, we are brothers, and we are sisters. And you can have the weirdest uncle in the congregation, but he's your uncle. You know? He is. Y'all got to put up with me. I'm an old man. Tough. You got Like a one movie, The Dinosaur. You got to love me. <laughs> Think about it. He broke tradition when he did that. Because he looked at the family of God more important sometimes than your own biological family. And I'm here to tell you that there's proof in that. Everywhere me and Miss Donna get to go, and we don't have to stay, it isn't because my biological family opened the door to us. It's because someone from our spiritual family opened the door to us. Whenever there's an issue, i made calls before to my family. I'm here to tell you. I remember, hey, can I stay at you? We're going to come up to New York for a little while. Can we just stay with you? And the phone got kind of quiet. Sure you can. And we all got family members that say, sure you can, and they let you down. And we took off and got well, can we just meet in a hotel in a um restaurant? Sure we can. You call your brother. Oh, we went to church together. Man, I need a place to stay. Man, why don't you just call me first? That's the test of family. And some of y'all have experienced that when you have meals to the house and all because that's what family, now are we perfect at that? No. Only thing we're good at in spiritual family sometimes, we're good at building that thing, but we build, we're, we're great at offending people because we get beyond the, the, the false sense of Sunday church because people can see who you really are. Besides a Sunday, Wednesday. They'll see you get mad. Right, Jack? Yeah. Me and Jack's are switching, see. Jack knows. Now, I used to be the nice guy. Jack used to be, take him out. <laughs> now, I'm serious. Now, he comes up, man, Rich, you know. He, and I'm like, take him out. <laughs> now, he's a nice guy. Because me, me, Terry, and Mark. Hey, he's done. Take him out. Well, he's finished. It's over. Let's get ahead and clean this thing up. It's over. It's to- he's toast. They're toast. Jack's like, man, you know, they kind of, now he's flipped on me. <laughs> he's seen me. I'm like, he knows. Don't, man, okay, just give him some, not today. No, are got to take them all out today. Now I'm going to say, Jack, don't take them out. But he's seen, that's the guy, you know, it's just, that's real life. It's not happening in Facebook. You know my favorite you know my favorite um um commercial? When she says, Living that's living. <laughs> sixteen. I got I got sixteen hundred friends. That's living. Really? Really? <laughs> Turn it off but yeah. Me and Terry are the holdouts. <laughs> And Miss Don says you will be a permanent holdout, because she's not getting it either. We don't need it, because y'all tell us everything. (laughs) I mean, really, you don't, you know. I don't have to be prophetic, y'all. Do you know what they wrote on Facebook? No, but you're going to tell me anyway, aren't you? (laughs) So. But that's what it is. He entrusted his his greatest earthly responsibility to the care of his mother, not flesh and blood. That is dynamic, and as older gentlemen here and younger people in here, these are like my daughters here. They ought to be. Ain't no knucklehead bucking, breaking up in here. I ain't let a couple slip in here. Now I'm going back, they're out of here. <laughs> we, we do that. We guard each other. We take care of one another. I know, well, I'm not going to embarrass you, Mildred, I knew Mildred, never mind. Okay, moving along. I know Mildred for so many years. I give her, I give her, this, I get, okay, I'll be real with you. Somet- I'll give her the biblical answer, and then sometimes, a lot of times, I'll give her the father's answer. I ain't going to tell you what I said. But that's what real. She see me, they see me in real. Come on, guys. That's what the true church is. Okay, um, so it's called a spiritual family. That's not easy. We're all different. That's where the diversity comes in, you know. I can't help it, y'all love the Cowboys. I really can't. You know. Sorry. You know, gotta be a New Yorker to win. And the glory just came in, because we got t in and the Jets, so I don't know what's gonna happen this year. Sorry, y'all wanna watch real TV. Watch the, Jets, watch the New York teams. Anyway. And Lord, don't hurt me on that. So. Last thing is, Discipleship is called a fish for men. Mark 1, 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will what? Be what? Keep going. Become. I love the ESV when it says to become. So we're becoming something. To become fishers of men. That's why discipleship is so important. Don't start off, we try to get people out there, but we're becoming something. As long as we're moving forward and they're becoming, we're doing okay. Becoming fishers of men. And the second one is Matthew 9. Now, let me show you how easy it is to fish for people. Because we're in Texas, and we love, how many love to eat? All right, see? All right, now if you're in the military, you can't eat too much because you got to run it all off. Don't have to anymore. I'm free. Anyway, Matthew 9, verse 9 and 10. It says, and Jesus passed on from here. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. He rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors. Whew, you know, you're somebody when they had to call you by that name, because these guys weren't even allowed in court because they were crooked. They thought they perceived them as being that crooked. You don't want it. They're not allowed to testify. And then they they group them in with sinners and came and reclined with Jesus and his disciples. So what Jesus did, he just took a couple. He went to which unheard of again because they were labeled. These are the sinners. We're the holy people. You don't touch them. He goes into the house. He brings a couple of disciples with him. That's not going to embarrass him. And he intermingles with the folk. Now, the only ones that got married at Jesus was the religious folk. Think about it. Now, you can do that if you like, how many like the barbecue? That's right, because none of y'all raised your hand about the charcoal, so I think y'all all need some discipleship on barbecuing. But think about it. You have a few people with you to minister to those who don't know Jesus. Now, you don't want to bring the ones that turn around with the King James Bible like, hey, man, did you watch the game? Well, I know the Lord was in that game, but now you don't want that. Can you just talk normal? See, security is you know who you are inside, and what's in you will come out. You don't have to show it off. You're already attractive because you got the Holy Spirit in you. You don't just to just said the Lord hears this track. Man, you don't get it, you know. I had that growing up at work. I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you talk like that? <laughs> now, we have a thing called a God test. We're going to learn that stuff. But it's just having a conversation with somebody. Not getting all crazy. Weird. <laughs> I think i see the... Br- Man, get away. You, there's something wrong with you. In fact, you you ruining my groove here. I was in a, in a place downtown talking to the... <laughs> to the uh, one of the guys on... the one of the um, workers behind the desk, trying to get him to come to church. And the guy, you know, it was a hot day. Guy comes in there, I'm so glad that I am going to heaven because it feels like down here, everybody stopped. So I said, well, that just lost that rap. Because now they think that's us. And I fell for it, too, when I first got born again. I threw out all my music, wanted to be holy, threw away all my jazz. I was a, I'm a jazz nut. I love me and Mark. The, Mark you don't know Mark um, Gregory? He loves jazz. He knows jazz from way back when. And we do that, and we talk about some of the jazz, and we're trying to put some stuff together because I love, now. Nah, I really love the iPod. I hated it in the beginning, but now I love it because that only cost me a buck for, you know, I can erase something cheap. But, you know, well, you bought an album or a CD for $15 and two songs are on it. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I threw away all my albums. And then me and my wife, me and Don said one day, said, well, no one's coming over to the house. Yeah, I wouldn't come here either. We became two boring people. We were holy, we thought, but we were repulsive. We weren't having fun. Now I came into the kingdom of God having fun. I found out in the kingdom of God you can have joy without a drink. I found out that I'm hanging out with some Christians. I said, man, this is great. And I ain't got to hang in the morning. There was something, you know, that attracted me to that. But so I got boring. And I'm not, I'm not saying compromise. I'm just saying just some taste that you like. To, Jesus didn't say throw up your personality. There's some taste that other people, jazz attracts people. This other thing, sports, talk sports all day. And you can get Christian values out of sports. It's not, you see how the world, how God's set it up? The ones who are selfish don't win a championship. You, you see that? I mean, the best people ain't playing every Sunday. Look at T.O., most talented guy in the world. You can't make it in an in a, uh, IFL. God speaks through sports, but that don't mean you throw him away and become a hermit. We and Jerry can't talk about the Pittsburgh Steel. There's something wrong with that. I don't want to talk about them, bro. That's violent. <laughs> I did. I took someone to a baseball game. The last baseball games we went to, I got, a, I got an email. Why did you take my husband out to a place where all that beer and sin was? I don't know, I told we had about six kegs and we were what? No way, I didn't say that. <laughs> Cause I like baseball. I love the Rangers. It's a nice place and the fireworks were fantastic. And we we'll, we'll, you ladies who love sports, we'll you'll we'll be hearing some about some stuff about doing that. But see that's you know, that's a Christian that got crazy. And when we did the Rough Riders, got a lot of flack for that. Well, you think they these guys get up. Curse in the locker room. Wow. I never heard cursing before. (laughs) It's been six to 23 years in the military. My first boss, I mean my first T.I., he was not saying, Richard please sit down. I also was a hat and I saw a lot, that's before 60 minutes now spit in the face, at least they couldn't hit you. So, yeah. But then I didn't lose my salvation for that. But I noticed when I hang around with people sometimes, now you gotta know who you are. You don't put yourself in the, in the place to mess yourself up. I noticed they start apologizing for cursing. And I didn't say anything. Because your lifestyle starts to shine out of you. When it says we're light in a dark place, Guys, wherever there's darkness, when we show up, light shows up. We're the light. That's how God set it up. Again, cheap material, awesome treasure. When I walk off my cheap material, I get cheap results. So you look at, really, discipleship is a call to build three primary relationships. We'll just do a review. A relationship with God, with God's people, in a relationship with unbelievers, and here's how easy it is. We we'll all work with some unbelievers, but we're afraid to even shine our light to them because you think that you're not perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're being perfected, and it comes out of Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to forty. Now, you don't have to go there. We know that one. Well, I'll read it. And he said to him, "You shall love the Lord with your with all, oh God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." This is the great and first commandment. And the second like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And what it basically is, what we're trying to do, guys, at Grace Point Church, is to love God and love people. Wax on and wax off. Love God and love people. We made it so complicated. Love God, love people. Are we good at it? We're getting better at it. Am I personally good at it? I got to get a whole lot better at it. But where I get better at is through discipleship. When I cry, I'm like calling, on. you don't understand, man. You just stop it. God's just changing you around. So get up. You'll be okay. Yeah, you're right. You know, that's what it's about. And you go from just having information to application when we talk about discipleship. Now, I gave you all this because I'm going to tell you about some things we're going to be doing coming up in the fall, making some changes. Because I noticed things, I've been here six months now, well, been here a lot of years, but I've been in charge six months and I observed a lot of things. And I observed this that, and one guy who really confirmed it for me was um, Darren. When Darren came up and said he was going through so much, but he felt so alone. But he's part of such a big church. I noticed that we can have uh, a great Sunday, Wednesday relationship. But if we don't have anything beyond that, when you, someone's, something's happening in your life and you need to make that call, you don't even have a phone number to call him unless you drag yourself here on Wednesday. And I mean, that's just that's the that's introspective of what I'm talking about, the church as a leader. Second thing I saw that was this, that I explained this in our new members class, that we, I, I gave him a, a scenario, or I gave him a, a true life story about, when, we fir- when I first came in the military, so many military people can relate, as an airman, went through basic training, they had to get you indoctrinated with the Air Force. I mean, it took me a while sometime, because they were going to throw me out after my first six months. I was just crazy. It took me a while to convert. And uh, <laughs> it was a good training. I had to learn. And um, your first performance report, they put down there, they said, Airman Brown is an airman with unlimited potential, right? Still writing it. It's a blanket one. We wrote those years ago. So it's nothing new. I said, now, Airman Brown spent 23 years in the military. Now he's Sergeant Brown. If my report said this, Sergeant Brown is a sergeant with what? Have I tapped in or have they tapped in to the full potential that's in me? All I did was serve. I did 23 years. I never grew. I never explored. I never tapped into what they had that was inside of me. Two ways. I didn't pursue it. And the second one, they didn't pull it. And as a leader here, my heart is this. Each and one of you have a God sized potential in you. And if you left here after being here six or seven years or eight years, because we got military moves all the time, and you're still walking with untapped potential, I have failed you as a leader. I have failed you because I left you at serving. And we have the best service culture here in this church, don't we? We have people back there in that, in that room serving Wednesdays, Sunday, and another confirmation came from Randall. Everybody know Randall. He's been the Lone Ranger. Now we got some help with Will back there. Will, raise your hand. Yeah. Now, y'all know Will. I had to pay Will to be back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> me and Will went to lunch the other day and he has a... Man, he's talented. But Randall said this. He says, Pastor Rich, I've been coming here a lot of years, man. I ain't had a chance to do any growth classes at all. I said, wow. So we haven't really tapped the full potential. Now, we, we think we are arrived at production, but now we want to go into duplication. And we want him to be able to duplicate others. That's what discipleship is. So we, I looked at that. Okay, Told you all that to tell you some things. We're gonna make some changes because our our core values is devotion, diversity, and discipleship. And to be the church of what we say up every week, we have to make some changes so we can put you in position to thrive. And I better because I got.